you're all doing well and enjoying the spring season as much as we are. For this episode, we continue on with the spring season on Broadway. For our first show, we visited the beautiful American Airlines Theater to see birthday candles. Oh my gosh! Ah! I I take it you like it? What a whole and complete show. I mean... It's such a powerful movie. Okay, I don't know what's wrong with me. I have started just like weepy-eyed, sobbing, crying at like every show now. And I'm like, I never did this. Like, what is wrong with me? Maybe it's just being old. Maybe it's just me being 30. Or it could be the fact that as a nation, well, as a world, we suffered through two years of a pepperoni and it's changed our... This palisade has just made me more emotional. Yeah. The story is just... uh... This is some of the best writing I've heard since Broadway's return. I mean, and 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 beautifully performed. Deborah Messing, and, and the entire cast. Now, is this Mwah. a new work or a revival? I. Because I know American Airlines Theater tends uh, to roundabout do... tend to do revivals. I I think it's a new work because it's based. On a place, inspired by a place. I'm pretty sure it's a newer. I have to look now. Now you got me thinking. Don't do that to me. <laughs> um, it had these wonderful moments of humor, really wonderful moments of humor and comedy, and then these beautiful moments of sadness and heart, like just and just genuine, just genuine. Mo- I mean, the neighbor guy. Just I mean, he had you rolling on the floor laughing, but then you just had these moments where you were you were heartbroken. You really mm-hmm. were. Um, the set was gorgeous, you know. It, all the action took place in this gorgeous kitchen. There was a piano in the back behind the kitchen to be like the living room. So like an expensive kitchen. But Well, yeah. But I mean, <laughs> it, a big kitchen. But okay. dangling above were, um, it was meant to be like the wonders of the cosmos, like you had the moon cycle, and then like all these memories from days gone by, it's like tricycles and things like that, is what I interpreted it as. Okay. Uh, And she mentions about, you know, the stars and everything like that. She makes this cake, and they make a cake during the show, and the lighting really helped emphasize that set above. It was wonderful and balanced and transparent and just, I can't get over it. Um... The sound was really wonderful, and it was there was such an effective use of, of just this ding sound. It was like a Pavlovian sound <laughs> as a trigger to show the passing of time. Okay. Um, and to break up the scenes, because that, that was the brilliance of the flow of things. So we go from this woman being 17 to being, over, I think, 100, 107. Oh, wow. Okay. And they don't sit there and go, you know, two years later. They, they, it, it takes place on her, every scene is on her birthday. Okay. And you just hear this ding and time has moved forward. And it isn't until at some point someone mentions how, you know, what birthday it is that we figure out where we're at, which is great, you know, but the scene just keeps going forward. The story keeps progressing forward, which I loved. Um, the costumes were simple. And for the most part, didn't really change except when introducing new characters. So there's a cast of five, and all five played all the many characters that came in and out of her life. From kids to wives and husbands to mom to, you know, all that. 
they would just change their clothes or whatnot, and that's how they would become kids, grandkids, great-grandkids. One thing that I really appreciated, because this is the real win, besides the writing, is the acting. Because these actors didn't dye their hair white, put on old age makeup or anything like that mm-hmm. to age. They change mannerisms, speech pattern, things like that to show aging. Okay. You know, they might put on a pair of glasses or something or change the way they're dressed, but everything was physicalized to show age. And the and in particular, the real, like, was Deborah Messing. She never left the stage. Mm-hmm. So as she's aging going from 17 to 100 I mean you're watching her she doesn't leave the stage how is she gonna age you just watch her you believe it and just the way she changes her voice her posture the little simple changes to her hair it's just it's incredible it's absolutely incredible the cast as a whole just deserves a round of applause it was so captivating and, and such a cathartic experience for me truly amazing Tickets for the show playing at the American Airlines Theater are on sale through May 29th, Hey, this is another show you got to see. Yes. So this was an interesting piece, in my opinion, of high art theater. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you want to explain what you mean by that? It's not your typical storyline show. It's it's takes a little more thought to understand and interpret. It's a, it's a show that requires a lot more thought to understand. Mm-hmm. They don't go basically in and say, here's our story, we're going to sing a song, we're going to read a script. You know, there, there's a lot more you have to sift through to understand what's being said. Sometimes words don't actually mean what they're saying, or, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. follow a traditional pattern, that kind of thing. It's not okay. a traditional show. And it wasn't a traditional show. No, not in the least. So the show is um, different vignettes. Of not necessarily specific, like, characters, but more like expression of characters. I th- yeah, I think it's based on poems by by someone or by by the, by the author. So, that yeah, so they're telling these vignettes, these stories, and they use, whether it be like poems or short stories or rhythmic, almost like rappings. Or dance. Well, and that's, I was doing some research about the show and um, the choreography and the style of writing is definitely all meant to be choreographic. So, like, the um, choreography is supposed to be poetic and the poetry is supposed to be choreographic. Does that make sense? Yes. And it comes off that way. Like, it's very, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the prose is very rhythmic. Yes, and... It makes you, it feels like there's movement in it. And the idea was to 
find a speech, a way of speaking that felt more feminized. Um, so in a lot of ways, it was very similar to what was happening with, um, I mean, it, it was part of a literary feminist movement because um, the original work was done in the 70s. Um, but it has to do with this idea that common vernacular or the way that most of us speak is a very patriarchal way of speaking and that there's a more uh, matrial, uh, matriarchal yeah, matriarchal way of speaking. Interesting. Um, and so that's kind of what this show um, was written to explore. Um, but through the, um, the feminine guise of um, women of color. Interesting. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That that makes a lot more a lot more things make sense because yes, the language was gorgeous. the The prose was amazing. The dance was amazing, and I felt like there was a very important and timely message said with the stories. With I mean, the last story that was said. I mean, there's that audience was audible in their their just upsetness and. Mm-hmm. The gasping and just, ah, Right. Well, and there's this idea that, uh, like, male-focused speech tends to be very linear and just starts at one point and ends at the other, whereas a more feminized version of speak tends to be more circular, um, tends to flow, tends to move through the expression and the feelings of the phrasing rather than the actual words being Said. So it's a different kind of storytelling, too, when you're thinking about thinking in that way. And so for me, this show definitely had a storytelling arch of emotion that mm-hmm. happened, but the speech pattern didn't necessarily match that, but it did, if that makes any yes. sense. Yes, yes. Um, the set was very simple. A couple of, like... Uh, panels like panels that they would project things on and that was fine the lighting was really cool in fact one thing i did say to you had we left i said the lighting felt very 1990s in the best way it reminded me of like sister act two when they're performing at that final scene when they take off their robes and mm-hmm. they're all just having a good time and i was like i loved it though because it felt loud and expressive mm-hmm. and emotive that was a big thing. Like, I felt everything coming off the stage and out to me. Mm-hmm. Not just the words, not just the energy, but it didn't need a big set or this exorbitant set to just spill over and out in the audience. Mm-hmm. Something I also really appreciated was the use of, like, full body storytelling as well as um, human sound. Yes, yes. Um, Because there's a moment where the narrator, as this production calls it, or calls them, um, is making crying sounds that just... When she's walking across uh the stage. And it just comes from her whole body. Yes. And it's just a beautiful, um, like, Like exposed and and physicalized form of grief. Yes, I agree. Yeah, no, that that stuck with me a lot, because to watch her progress across the stage and just really be that vulnerable and just genuine. I was like, oh my gosh, that ugh, it was amazing. Um, I love that in the middle of a commercial season on Broadway, we have this beautiful piece of art for the sake of art being done. 
Like that, more of that should happen. We need commercial shows to balance out this, but we also need art to balance out commercialism. That makes sense. Yes. Um, the, it is an interesting work that is not intended for or will be for all audiences, but it certainly does have a purpose and a place here now. And there is an audience for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think we both agreed after we left. I was like, that was an incredible show. I don't know that I'm the audience for that. But that was an incredible show, you know, so. But it was, what a great experience. Tickets for this show currently playing at the Booth Theater are on sale through August 14th, 2022. And this concludes this episode of the Broadway Bulletin. Be sure to tune into our next edition coming out every Tuesday and Saturday. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez. And I'm Hope Bird. Reminding you to turn off your cell phones. Unwrap your candies and keep your mask on. And keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Booga Blue by U.S. Army Blues. Other music on this episode provided by Kevin McLeod and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you'll find all the information about our backstage pass. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you. <laughs>